0: I'm Sanaz and I'm Rachel and this is our podcast Nobody Asked Us where two friends discuss their completely unsolicited opinions. So today we wanted to talk about work culture and just how work in general has changed. I know both pre and post pandemic there's been so many shifts in the way people work, where they work from Um, and I know both of us had had a, have had a lot of career changes during this time. So we just find this to be an endlessly fascinating topic. And we just thought, why not discuss what's going on in this area? Um, both of us, I would say have had, I guess, office type jobs (laughs) since graduation, like disclaimer, we're not like plumbers or like architects, like out and about, I would say we have generally like office based jobs. Um, but we've seen a lot of changes and we were both very different in kind of our approach and what we like. So Rachel, why don't you first give a background and kind of your work history and I'll do the same.
1: Sure. Well, okay. So I've worked as a journalist, uh, that was my first job as like a news reporter, um, for the New York times bureau in Texas, right after college, I worked in TV production after that I've worked as a freelance writer, like on and off throughout, Um, I went to graduate school for economics, I worked as an economist, like functionally like a consultant, but just specialized for about five years, and then worked at a startup that was mostly remote because we all lived in different places, and then uh, have been freelancing for the past couple years, and yeah I know i I have I have a lot of thoughts on like the different types of work environments and like what they mean for uh, different types of work.
0: Yeah, what's give us yours. My background is right out of college. I did about five years of management consulting. Um, so that was very much like project based with a lot of consultants. Monday through Friday um, actually Monday through Thursday and then Friday was like our day in the office, if you will. Um, So that felt like very full on and quite social. Um, Mm -hmm. I did that for about two and a half years in Houston and then I moved over to London and did that as well. Um, Then I went to business school and then for the past seven and a half years I was working in tech. So I was in Microsoft and Salesforce, all in like enterprise sales. But I started, I changed from Microsoft to Salesforce the fall of 2019. And then come March of 2020, you know, everything went remote. So all of a sudden, the sales jobs are being done completely (laughs) remotely, which was fascinating. And then, you know, in 2021, I totally moved states, I did one of those, like, you know, digital nomad things during the pandemic. Um, and then I've since left sales, um, this past winter. So yeah, lots of changes for me, I think for me, the biggest kind of takeaway was like, trying to do a very social like sales, mm-hmm. job remotely and seeing both successes and just clear failures. But I'm kind of curious from your perspective, like, I feel like you were one of the earlier people even before COVID that said, like, I really prefer to work from home when I have to do like serious work. Like I feel like I can do a lot more focus time um, versus like in an office you felt like it was more distraction. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting kind of playing out when we did go remote.
1: Yeah. So I guess my, like, I mean, different fields, like I, and like I've worked in like very like wildly different work environments. Um, I have to say, I hate both an open plan office and I hate an office office where everybody has their own office. Um, <laughs> I've worked in two of both. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. the the uh, Like the one where everybody's in their own office just feels a little lonely and weird. The yeah. open plan office, it's like too many distractions. Somebody's always tapping me on the shoulder. Somebody always wants to hang out. Right. Um, uh, yeah. I mean... So I do a lot of writing work and I've always done a lot of like writing and analysis like that's primarily like what I do. I mean, it's not the only thing, you know, a lot of it involves like meetings and like talking to people and like interviews and, you know, collaborating with your colleagues on like who's going to write what or I find that like the collaboration or the like information seeking part has always been so much more efficient in person, in office. I'll give mm-hmm. it that. So a lot of times in consulting, you will interview people at your client to figure out like what they're doing, what they're doing, what what they're doing is contributing to like the problem that you're trying to solve, et cetera. And so it's like, it's very useful to be in person. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times if you're like in a newsroom, like you just need to like figure out like, like things change, like, during the day, like the news right. never stops. So it's very useful to like, be like, Hey, like, yeah, what do we do about this? And there's something about that in-person interaction that can't be replicated at the same time. Like I always resented the requirement to be in the office in person when I like, didn't really need to be
0: right. So when you're like sitting at your desk by yourself doing your work. <laughs> yes. And like, You know, people like
1: distractions, lunch, coffee, like Mm -hmm. somebody's trying to tell you something. And it's like, I like, I find it very difficult to focus also with a lot of distractions. So Mm -hmm. like, I I don't think I don't think most people can like, I think I'm probably I'm definitely a little bit ADHD, but like not, I don't think most people find it easy to focus in it like that kind of like chaotic environment. And so I remember when covid came around I had already moved to the startup and I was already kind of remote but I remember thinking like oh this is going to be amazing like finally because I like <clears throat> how do I put this there's so many jobs that like we knew before covid you could do from yeah remote.
0: yeah so you like that forcing function of like everyone being forced to be like see yes totally. Be
1: <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what it is forcing function that's it yeah like of like co like it like made people realize like oh you don't act so because i had like a number of manager there was always somebody who it, it's usually like an older generation not to be ageist but like yeah it's what they're used to um who's yeah. accustomed to like equating work with time uh like like facetime like butts right, and seats. Right. can i see you and if i like if i see you then like you're working whereas yeah. i would try to make the argument like <sighs> i like i literally can't get anything done during the day and you need me to do this and i'm gonna be up until 3am at home finishing right can I just go home please
0: I think I got my head wrapped around like maybe all the internal work that we do in sales can be remote but like trying to sell to a customer and build trust over a zoom call is so hard (laughs) oh for sure and And doing like I remember early in the pandemic like you know when we couldn't travel and see the customer and take them out and treat them and you know celebrate like the big wins or deployments or whatever we had to do these like online almost like award shows like i felt like bob barker but like yeah zoom call it was so exhausting you know what that sounds like pulled it off but oh god it was the worst
1: (laughs) you know what that sounds like it sounds like like during covid when people would have like zoom parties and they would try to like make it like a real party
0: (laughs) i hated that i also just don't like facetime like just call me on the phone like i am I was born in the mid eighties. I like to talk on the phone. I don't want to see your face. When we were in middle school, it's like you talked endlessly to your friends on your cordless phone or the phone hooked up to the The, wall with a really long extension cord. Like that is still how I want to communicate. The three-way
1: calls. Do you remember like like, you get like, and then somebody else would like three-way call somebody else and you'd be on this like, and then like the person at like the other end would sound like super faint. That was so, yes. 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 Okay. That's, so, that's what I like still. So you like seeing people in person because obviously like it, I, I totally get that too. Like, I mean, that's kind of like what I was saying with like the interviews, like it's so hard to build that kind of like you can, I remember um, for one of my consulting jobs, we like, it was this client and we kept going back and forth, back and forth, like phone calls with people yeah. about like, like certain employees, about like what their functions were and like, like how this can be, valued I did a lot of like whatever um and then we went up to the client spent like 3 days there and just did we we were, we were so much more productive
0: exactly weeks and, and there, weeks of you know slideware and meetings and passing emails back and forth can be accomplished in like one day together yes and i'm not even trying to
1: sell them something and like exactly. trying to like
0: ingratiate them so i
1: feel like that's got to be incredibly difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally get it. I totally relate to that.
1: I mean, what did you like, like, was that how soon? Okay. I guess like how quickly did you guys transition or did you to going back to the office and like, did you find yourself noticeably more dissatisfied with your job?
0: I think the first attempts, well, it kind of happened. I wouldn't say like maybe fall of 2020, there were Mm -hmm. these like, super complicated, limited attempts to get people out of into the office. And it just felt like everything was driven based on liability. So it was like, it wasn't even fun, because you have to fill out a form, and then you have to get tested. And you're just like, if I'm going to go through all this trouble, I'm just going to sit in front of my computer and like call you on zoom. So I think the first attempts were really hard. And then I want to say in 2021, There were like more attempts, probably from like the summer fall back into the office, but it felt it was different company by company. But I know at least for us, like it was very much a choice, like whether you wanted to come in or not. And then some teams tried to Institute, like we all are going to be together two days a week and then remote the other days. I think it was just really hard because people wanted their cake and eat it too. Right. It's like everyone loved the benefits that they saw from working from home, but they also missed the socialization, but they also didn't want to make the sacrifices they used to make to come in. Right. So it's like, how how are you going to accomplish this? So I think companies and managers were really confused what to do. So Mm -hmm. I would say like, I think probably from like this past fall to winter is the first time that I think companies have gone back to mandating what they want to do. Cause I think they were like, okay, we try to be Mr. Nice guy and people come yeah. back or we don't feel like people are as efficient or whatever. And now we just can't do it anymore. Like we need you back in the office. So I think there was a bit of a, like, okay, we tried this, but it's not really working. We got to go back to the old way. So I noticed that, especially in tech where they were like, if you decided to live in Montana, too bad. You got to get back towards the home office. You got to be get back towards the region that used to cover, at least for sales perspective. So You know, which is hard because people thought they could just work remote forever. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, you own property in Montana. What are you going to do now?
1: (laughs) Okay. But I don't want to be like a jerk, but like, why were people so quick to think that like a, like a a cute situation is forever? Like, this is not like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like a lot of companies like came out immediately and said, we're going to do this forever when they really meant for the next year. (laughs) Right. You know? Right. Um. But I and maybe that like gave people a little bit more security around that. But I just I wonder why that was a thing on such a large scale. That's yeah. Kind of a aside. I mean, you like your move makes more sense, and you're also very mobile, and like your job is more mobile too. Right. Like right.
0: whether I was traveling f- to my customers from Houston, Texas, or New York didn't really matter. But yeah, yeah there were some people that were like, "Forget
1: this. I'm out." <laughs> you're like, I'm just like one month in. I'm just like, yeah, you know that there've been like pandemics before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I, what really frustrated me when we first went remote was that people Mm. would try to recreate the, um, natural socialization that used to happen in person by just adding meeting to your calendar. And I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I can't just have 19 Mm. back to back 30 minute (laughs) meetings with people just to like organically make up for the way that we used to
1: communicate. And then like schmoozing meetings, like just like, Hey, like, let's get coffee, but
0: instead, like on your calendar, it wasn't so much like just for networking. It was more of we used to have a touch point. So like maybe our teams used to work closely together. And we just have to stay aligned and communicate what we're doing. Yeah, We're just gonna like, Try to do that, but put tons of meetings on the calendar. It's just like what you used to be able to do very quickly in five minutes by tapping somebody on the shoulder. Now you have a recurring weekly meeting with them and you're like, What? <laughs> like I have no space during the day to like eat lunch or pee. Like it was, it was wild. Right. And then people were like, Okay, we gotta, we gotta stop this. Like only meetings when it's necessary. Try to do things more on the collaboration channels, which I I'm very passionate about talking about. I yeah. spent a number of years at Microsoft selling collaboration tools, which I will admit, I think I'm a little bit of like an old grouch slash Luddite when it comes to these things. Like it's kind of amazing. I worked in this area as long as I did because like I kind of understood how we took beloved applications like PowerPoint and Excel and just put them online where you're like, cool, I can collaborate, I can access it all the time. I get it, it's fully editable, Mm -hmm. et cetera. I understood that. And then I understood the basics of like, we're going to make an effort to consolidate, you know, our chats, plus our emails, plus where we're sharing documents. So it's not disparate. I'm not saying I want to go back to how many documents I had to manage and all the like version control I had to manage when I first started as a consultant. Like I mm-hmm. get that there are efficiencies. Having said that again, I sold teams. I sold yeah. the works at Salesforce. I use Slack. Slack was part of my portfolio. Oh, like the year before the year before COVID, too. Exactly. So like, to me, having spent like, almost eight years, you know, I would say, selling productivity tools in one way or another. um, I just question our definition of the word being productive.
1: Because
0: I just felt like constant pings and notifications at all times is not me being productive. That's just me being like trying to do the whack-a-mole of like addressing every request that comes in, whether they're important or not. Do you get what happens when everything becomes instant is there's no sense of expected time to return correspondence to that. Like if you get an email in your inbox, generally people would take like a day or so, right? If somebody calls you on your phone, you feel like that's more instant, right? Like when everything is on Slack or Teams, It feels like everything has equal importance, even though it doesn't. And I just think it really takes away from people's ability to prioritize and focus in their day because they're constantly being interrupted. Like, that's how I felt.
1: Yes. Yes. So, okay. So I think this is a very interesting thing because there's this whole thing about how like we work longer hours and like work never stops nowadays. And like Mm -hmm. it was especially apparent during COVID because um, there was no like delineation between work and home. And so it's like, you always had to answer these emails. But I like, I I think that's like a thing that we do to
0: ourselves. Since I stopped working in tech, like let's say from last November, I wish I could have like gone into some study like the, the day after I left where like they measured my brain activity of like the human being that's responding to constant pings all day and then see what happens like months later when your brain doesn't have to deal with that. Like does my brain actually right. change? Like what's going on in there? Cause I just, I don't know, to me, that was a really hard aspect of it. So like how you were saying you do things at like 3am cause you're a night owl. I actually started getting up super early cause I'm a morning person and I would start work at like five just to get like four five ish quote unquote good hours in before everyone started the day, AKA like pinging you on Teams or or Slack. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So it's like the same way you got distracted in the office, that in turn turned into like the team Slack distraction for me, which goes back to like, is it really productive? Or am I just like responding to lots of little things? But at the end of the day, I know there's a lot of replies that I've made on messages, but like, what work have I produced what deliverable have I actually moved forward or have I just played whack-a-mole mm. all day? That that was my question. And like, there's a term for it mm. and it's in the book that I'll recommend at the end, but it's like corporate LARPing, which is like <laughs> the person who's always like so quick to reply to like a team, um, like a group message or something, but it's never anything substantive. You're just like, you know, high five. Great. Sounds great. We'll look into it. It's like, you did nothing. <laughs> and right. every you spend an extra three seconds reading your stupid message, like... It's a lot of that that I feel like and I personally don't like how much fun there is <laughs> on like slacker teams like I don't like the gifts. I don't like all the emojis. <laughs> I find it purely distracting people are like, oh, I sent you that in the Slack channel. I'm like, where, where between the confetti and the Tom Hanks gif of him waving in like Forrest Gump, like where, where is the goddamn important information that we're supposed to do because this is a workplace like. That stuff drove me absolutely nuts. So I don't know. I find it way more distracting than, quote, productive. And we call these productivity tools. And I'm like, they're unproductive. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, so the like, the productivity definition I find interesting, like, I think. It depends on, like, what you mean when you say productivity. Like, productivity, yeah. Did you answer a bunch of emails? Did you respond to people? Did you did you do something? Mm-hmm. Versus, like, I don't know. I've always thought of productivity as, like, did you reach, like, a maybe, like, more medium or, like, long-term goal? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I I think a lot about, like – where it's like the the like the measure of your how much work you've done is how much time you've spent which, right when you think about it uh, like from a practical basis is insane like it doesn't incentivize people to be efficient like why would a client want you to do that and like i i mean i've been out of the game for like three or so years now but i remember some of our clients when i was still consulting the bigger ones, actually, Microsoft, your old mm-hmm. employer. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Say uh, you said that. That's um, <laughs> all my LinkedIn <laughs> had moved to because we were. I was at a big firm and like Microsoft, obviously enormous client. So they had moved to a fee based uh, model for their for their service providers. They're like, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to like do your like bill by the hour bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you like. If we move to like the next phase of this project, like then we'll pay you more. Mm-hmm. Um, which we still do that in a lot of ways, and I still think we think like that in a lot of ways. We think like in terms of like time spent, like busyness, mm-hmm. etc., equals productivity. I did something worthwhile. So, the third part of what I was gonna say is yeah, just like the idea of. Being busy has become such a badge uh, of honor. Yes, a badge of honor. Now, like, there's like strong correlations between the number of hours people work and how like stressed and busy people say they are and how much they earn or how, you know, right, like what kind of like level they are at. And it's, I mean, this is the thing that I find really (laughs) upsetting too, because like it, I get it. I've done it, but it's, there's no fucking reason for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like when you're in it, you're just like, must do this, must do this. But it, it is a very good point. Cause I feel like we both have a culture of instant gratification. Like we, we like look up to people that become millionaires and billionaires overnight almost. But at the same time, we love to brag about how hard we work and the struggle. It's this weird thing, right? It's like either you want results quick or you want to brag about it. Hard.
1: No, No, yeah. Hustle culture,
0: right? Hustle culture. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like we just have this incredible ability for scope creep on ourselves. Like we just add things. Actually, it reminds me of a really interesting story. Um, When Excel or just like the first kind of digital ledgers, let's say, were being invented, Um, accountants freaked the fuck out because, you know, it used to take them weeks, right? To like, do the computations for their um, clients, You know, send it all back, tell you what you owed for your years of taxes, whatever. And so when these tools came out, the accountants would start using them. And then something that took them two weeks got cut down to, let's say like two, three days, but they would wait you know, until the two weeks ended, like they would use the tools, but still wait the two weeks to like mail the results to their client, because they didn't want them to think that it was so easy to complete. And therefore, they wouldn't get the fees that you know, two yeah, it was worth. And so for a while, like, again, accountants feared their jobs were being taken, right. But again, what no one factored was the what if analysis, because it used to take your accountant two weeks to tell you what the taxes you owed based on, I don't know, a 3% interest rate or whatever, X amount that you bring in every month, right? It was like one number. But when you have a tool, it's what if the interest rate is 4%? What if I bring in an extra 500? That what if analysis was what created more jobs. And in fact, there was more work for accountants to do, despite having these tools that made it faster. And I just feel like that's what we do like we just don't stick to the one answer we create all these new what if reasons to create work right. like, how much of it is busy work versus real work that's the question well uh, yes
1: busy work versus real work and also this is one of the main arguments that people give i think that's actually kind of optimistic in a way one of the main arguments people give for um you know the possibilities of ai you know that'll mm. free us up to do
0: <laughs> we're, yeah.
1: we're gonna work even more You know, because people were predicting, like, you know, the end of the need for humans when machines started becoming better or computers started becoming better. Right. And now it's like we have – I was listening to a podcast the other day on, like – um these two writers talking about ai and like how well like ai can like write an article and that's like one Mm -hmm. of the most like human tasks it's like not doing just like computation exact answer yeah i mean the thing that's easiest for me to see like being phased out which i think is a little strange that we're emphasizing so much is like we're emphasizing stem education but that seems so short term to me Mm -hmm. it's like shouldn't we be emphasizing like things that are going to be the hardest for AIs to do. I mean, do you think that'll create like more work, less work?
0: I don't know. I think it'll definitely create issues around skills and education and who can do the work. Like I foresee this stuff being even more kind of segregated between like educated and non-educated people. Like that's one fear that I have um, with all these technologies. But who knows? I mean, I, like God knows what's going to come of that. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't we get to our recommendations? Yes. Okay.
1: You go first.
0: My recommendation is a book called Out of Work. Uh, It's by Anne Helen Peterson and Charlie Warzel. It's actually a very current book, but it does touch a lot on the effects of work during the pandemic. It actually gives quite a nice history of corporate work over the last hundred years and how it's changed and our relationship to it. Um, and it really did cover sort of the effects of the pandemic as well. So I read it last year, which is probably too early. <laughs> I wish I'd waited a little, but it's a fantastic read. And um, just to kind of remind you how, you know, corporations and just being part of a big company has changed over the decades. What about you, Rachel?
1: Uh, oh, so I was also going to say, Anne has a podcast on uh, Crooked, uh, cro- not Crooked, Crooked Media. That's the like, network that she does mm-hmm. it from. But it's On every platform. It's called Work Appropriate. And she talks about issues around modern work life. Um, It's really good. Awesome. It's very good. It's very good. Um, So, my recommendation is going to be a book called God, I'm so grumpy today. (laughs) It's going to be a book called Bullshit Jobs. I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, but it's by David Graeber. What it really does is it just like covers a lot of white collar work. Um, is centered Mm -hmm. around doing paperwork and like like going to meetings and like fulfilling management Mm -hmm. obligations. And they've shown a correlation between like the amount of time you spend doing that stuff and pay. So these tend to be very high paid jobs. So there's a lot of people who Mm -hmm. get paid a lot of money to do things that don't necessarily make that big of a difference. I think in a lot of like white collar jobs nowadays, like people don't quite know.
0: They're just doing a lot of different things, but it's not. Yeah. Like like you were saying,
1: you're answering Slack messages. Okay, guys. So that's going to bring our conversation to a close. Thank you so much for listening. Sanaz, I had a great time talking to you. Me too. And Oh, yeah. This was Uh, therapeutic. It was like getting to talk about work. (laughs) I know. I know. All right. Okay. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs)